Welcome to Seemingly Ordinary. I am here with Sam Arth. Hello there. Yes, this is going to be our, our second in a row. I'm very, very excited about this. On this one, we're actually going to talk about St. Paul's outreach, of which Sam is a part, and then also this this maniacal thing, this great thing called Exodus 90, which uh, I don't remember all the details of it, but I think that's where Sam is going to kind of fill me in. So um, uh, it's it's like a super fitness thing, but it also makes a person holy. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, so Exodus 90, uh, what it is, it's a 90-day program. Uh, and so it's built on three pillars of prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. So obviously prayer, huge, big part about it. Uh, so essentially what you're doing is you're taking a break from anything that's been distracting you and all like earthly comforts to refocus like your relationship and your and your view to the lord in a in a rather positive way and so you do that by partake, uh, partaking in what's called asceticisms or disciplines so it's like things that you basically are fasting from so there's there's no sweets, there's no alcohol, there's no, uh, there's no TV or televised sports, there's no like streaming anything, there's no uh, cold, uh, short cold showers only. Uh, you do an hour, you do, so, you do some form of exercise uh, th- about three times a week. Uh, yeah, and oh yeah, and there's a fasting portion too. So on date, so today's Wednesday as we're recording this. So on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, we fast. It's the normal like fasting rule of uh, two small meals that don't equate to a big meal, and then one large meal. Okay, uh, so and no meat. Gotcha. So maybe yes. one point eight meals per day. Pretty much, yes. Like compared to what you usually do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm already out. It sounds like really, really, really hard. It's it is hard, and this is actually my third time doing it. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, why is it called Exodus ninety? Is it because it goes for ninety days? It's ninety days, and uh, so what's cool about it is is that it's it's a whole it's 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 a whole program itself, and you can get it through the app. There's an app called Exodus ninety. Okay. Uh, where when you go through the program, uh, you're going through the book of Exodus, and even a little bit through uh, Deuteronomy as well. Okay. So throughout those ninety days, you read bits of Exodus uh, each and every day, and then there's usually a reflection that goes uh, right off of it. So where I am in Exodus right now is. Uh, in terms of the readings, it's we just crossed the Red Sea, and mm. now we're getting into really going into the wilderness part of it. Okay. So, you know, as the days gone by, like, you know, we went through... Are you in it right now? Yeah, I'm in it right now. Yeah, it's day 37. You're on 38. day 37. Yeah, we're literally almost halfway there. Okay, I, had, I interrupted you. Go back to your train of thought. No, you're good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's crazy that we're practically almost halfway there. Uh Another funny way to describe Exodus, it's like it's like doing Lent two times in a row. Yeah. So by the time Lent rolls around, which is like like two a week and a half, two yeah, weeks. it's like a week from now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've already I would have already been doing basically the Lenten practices already. So okay, so for a lot of people who may not know, I mean Lent, a lot of Christian faiths have Lent, and I guess if you're Islamic, you have Ramadan, yes. you know, which is a whole month of various things. 
And, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, uh, hey, there's some fasting that could go on. But other people, they don't necessarily fast, but they just might give something up. Yes. Like people give up chocolate for less. That's usually a big thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Just so then they won't, they won't eat any chocolate or they won't drink any alcohol or I guess some people like won't drink anything with caffeine in it. Yeah. They'll pick something and they'll, they'll give something like maybe they'll stop watching TV or some people will stop with the YouTube videos yeah. or other people put restrictions on. They'll say, okay, no social media except for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. So there's a lot of giving up and then sometimes there's adding on. Yeah. And adding on might be as, oh, okay, I'm going to go to church uh, four times a week instead of one time a week, or I'm going to say like a certain set of prayers every single day that I usually don't do, or I'm going to do some spiritual reading, or I'm going to start volunteering at a soup kitchen. So some people subtract something like chocolate. Other people add something like prayer. Some people do both. Both, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I suppose there's other things people do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Exodus 90 is like, well, we're going to give up about... 15 things. Basically everything that makes life worth living. Like. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, does it make you closer to God to be like a miserable, wretched, depressed person with no sugar, <laughs> like um, no, no alcohol, no TV? Uh, well, well, they explain it the best is that uh, by giving into these asceticisms, by giving up things like giving up sweets, giving up alcohol, giving up televised sports. Uh-huh. Uh, televised are, anything, maybe. Televised anything, really, or streaming anything, really. Uh, you're, what, they describe it as like little deaths to yourself. Okay, so I that, mean, for some people, that wouldn't be a little death. That'd be getting shoved off of a 90-story building. Yeah, I guess collecting them all collectively, it's like one big one, yes. Um, but, no sugar would just kill a lot of people. Yeah, I really felt it, like... Maybe after like three days, like the, like I got like, yeah, I've definitely felt like the withdrawal headaches of, of no uh, sugar, of no sugar. Yeah, okay. I definitely felt it. Which, okay. which, yeah, when people go into like a keto diet, which is 90% like uh, carbs and no, sorry, not carbs, protein and fat, like mm-hmm. no carbs. Well, I mean, carbs, okay, that's fruits, vegetables, but it's also grains and sugar is nothing but carbs. So they get what's called the keto flu. Because they're so used to getting like some form of carbs, which include sugar. And so, I mean, sometimes people get this, sometimes people don't, but it's basically, it could be headaches. Yeah. Like, yeah, a different headache in a way. But yeah, like I was saying before, uh, it's little deaths to yourself to really put you in a better place with God because uh, you're redirecting your focus toward God. And you do that by partaking in prayer, which on the prayer aspect, it's, uh, you try to do an hour of prayer a day, uh, and 20 minutes of that time being in silent contemplative prayer Mm. and yeah, just sitting there quietly. That's difficult. Like 20 minutes of nothing, just nothing. Like you don't touch scripture. You don't journal. You like, you just, you just sit and you be like maybe stare at the cross or something. Yeah. That's yeah. I have, I have a little mini cross that I stare at. Uh, if I'm, do you set an alarm off to the side? Uh, How do you know when your 20 minutes is up? Yeah. At first, in the first couple of days, I'll set like a timer for 20 minutes. That way I know like, okay, like, you know, I, there's something there that tells me how long, but now that as I put it, I'll, I'll look at my clock and let's say by the time eight o'clock rolls around, like, okay, that's when I'll start my 20 minutes of just being still. And then, okay, at 8.20, I can, I can journal again. I can move on to the next thing that I'm doing in prayer, you know? Um, 
And that's really hard to do, especially in our day and age, because there's always something to like distract. Well, us. there's always the distraction. Exactly. Like yeah. there's always the next song to listen to. There's always there's always something to try to catch our attention. Like well, we banish boredom in our society, that's and true. and people in your age bracket, maybe I don't know what you guys think about this. I don't know, but okay, so people in my age bracket who were you know, teenagers during the 1980s, okay, so the internet did not exist. And there was a lot of people complaining that, oh, you know, the average house, the television is on seven hours a day. And there were all these articles written about how people really should be able to tolerate some silence. And don't people realize that creativity comes out of boredom? And so like boredom, everybody hates it, but it won't kill you. And what it does for people is it allows them to be creative. And, you know, you just need to sort of be alone with your own thoughts rather than somebody else's thoughts. The first thing people do in the morning is they get up and they turn on the television or the radio. And then pretty soon you have somebody else's thoughts. And now you're being conditioned by the mass media. But you were meant to be like a unique person. And lots of people were writing these articles. It wasn't just Christians. There were atheists out there saying, well, hey, you know, we're stunting our uniqueness. And we should allow ourselves to be more creative, and that means that we have to be bored. Yeah, we got to be bored. Um, Yeah, and with that, too, uh, on the exodus end of that boredom of just sitting still, is Mm -hmm. that uh, when you converse with God, you hear him almost a little more clearer because... Well, yeah, because otherwise we have, I don't know, 28 hours of noise compressed into a 24-hour day. Exactly, yeah. Um, So in the past times that I did it... uh, I think it was around last year, around this time of the year when I was doing it, uh, that I really, I really leaned into uh, the silent contemplative prayer uh, because I noticed that each and every day that passed, uh, I could almost hear him clearer mm. in a way that I could hear him like uh, uh, telling me what I needed to hear that day. Okay, whether it be like a simple word or a short phrase or whatever. Okay, either way, I can hear God a lot clearer and. If there's any guy who's listening to this who's who has no idea what Exodus 90 is or has thought about doing Exodus 90, do it. It's a game changer. The first few days suck. It's got to be hell. The first, at least the first few days. No sugar. No alcohol. Yeah. No. No videos. No sports. No video games. Um, but yeah, the and then the third pillar aspect of it is fraternity. You do okay. it with. So it's it's typically catered for. Christian men. I think there are some out there that uh, women can do it too. It's called like Fiat 90. I don't know, something like okay. that. Uh, but fraternity is a big aspect because you do it with a group of brothers. Like you're not doing this by yourself. So uh, so me and I think, yeah, most of the guys in my house, uh, we're all doing it together. And, okay. And with some guys in our community as well who are part of our group. It really um, is a radical refocusing on God. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, okay, so it's got those three pillars, asceticism, which means cut out everything that's enjoyable. Okay, now what if I'm a smoker? Do they make me give up tobacco? Now, I'm not, but now, what if I am? Now, it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily say that. Like, okay. It doesn't explicitly say, like, no smoking. Okay. Which is interesting. Like, which we would joke about. We would joke about this being like, so I can't watch like the Chiefs unless I pick that as my assessment to relax, but I can smoke a cigarette or I can. So you guys would actually joke about this? Yeah, we would joke. We would joke about it. Yeah. Do you think it was an oversight? Do you think the people who wrote the program in the first place, maybe none of them were smokers? (laughs) Well, maybe none of them were. And so maybe Um, nobody thought about it because like, hey, I don't think about smoking. 
that is an interesting thought, and yeah, that almost that's almost an interesting th- thought to bring up to the people who do Exodus, and maybe like, yeah, it seems maybe like they a can put big as, loophole. Maybe they can put it as um, if you've thought about quitting smoking, like this would be a perfect opportunity right. too. Yeah, right. Um, Although, look, I, I understand people think that's really hard to do, and that's it probably right is yeah. really hard to do. I mean, I guess nicotine is like highly addictive, yeah. and so. But on the on the flip side, sugar is highly addictive, and yes. if people think that it's not, try not consuming any sugar for a week. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, it's, what's what's it like? Oh, it's it's just, for me. It was just a big headache, like. Yeah, you know, it was like a lot, like right here and a little bit to the front of my forehead. What did you do with cravings? Because um, people were like, "Oh, I'd like a soda or I'd like a candy yeah, bar." Yeah, well, in excess, you can't have snacks and you can't. Uh, yeah, but you get these cravings, don't you? You do, yes. So but what do you do with those? So go in your room and do push-ups or something. Yeah, that's one way to do. It. That's one thing I did for like the first few times that I did it. But now it's. Uh, one thing I've definitely been doing a lot lately, and we talked about this last episode about uh, you know writing a, a witness with my autism too, is that yeah. I've been getting a lot into lately creative writing. Okay. Uh, so I'll like focus, I'll refocus that like craving that I may have, or like that feeling of oh I want a snack before mm-hmm. dinner. Uh, I'll channel that into well right now I'm like coming up with character ideas and like character backgrounds. Okay. Uh, and so. I mean, if anything, right now I'm sort of building an expansive world yeah. uh, in my brain and, like, writing it down. Okay, so that's uh, kind of your substitute right that's now. That's kind of my substitute right now. And, but also, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling tempted uh, to, like, break in asceticism, I just find a brother in the house uh, and be like, hey, you want to go for a walk? Or, hey, you want to play a game? Like, you want to play chess or you want to play... Uh, okay. Yeah. The key is distractions. Yeah, this, like, distractions, like, redirect... And that's, it's not, it's not just with sugar. That's with any temptation, really, that you okay. may have. Um, well, because, like, what are all the things you're giving up? Sugar, alcohol? Sugar, alcohol, televised sports, snacks. Uh, snacks. Yeah, snacks is no snacking in between meals. Okay, got yeah, it. That's what I mean by that. Sports. Um, sports and... Videos. Yeah, and video games and uh, warm showers. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Now, some people, like I've mentioned this to people because I got into Wim Hof. Wim Hof is the Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I've, you heard of this guy? I've heard about that guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. so he's he's Dutch. Maybe he's like 55 or 60 years old. Yeah. And when he was a teenager, he was just fascinated by looking out at the frozen lake. And he would ask himself, I wonder what it's like to swim underneath the ice. And so then he started swimming underneath the ice. And so he got very, very comfortable with basically three different things. His program is constituted by meditation. Another one is uh, cold adaptation. Yeah. And then the third one is breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it has like ridiculous health benefits, all of these yeah. three things. And he's been tested by various scientists. And this is going to sound like an absolutely nuts can- uh, thing for me to say. But um, at a certain point, they discovered, these scientists discovered that he can control his autonomic nervous system, Yeah, which uh, you're not supposed to be able to do. It's supposed to be automatic. It's supposed to be something like involuntary. Well, they injected him with E. coli, and then he dismissed it out of his system somehow. And and look, I I know what I'm saying sounds like science fiction, so I just urge everybody to look it up. You can look him up on the internet. 
Um, yeah, this guy's. You nuts. could look at him out of all kinds of reputable places, and multiple books have been written about him. Then he wrote yeah. his own book, which I read twice. It's called The Wim Hof Method. Uh, he's got a breathing exercise on YouTube that is exactly 11 minutes long. Uh, when I started doing it maybe three years ago, it had 27 million views. Now, three years later, it's got about 60 million views. It's very popular. Yeah, that's, yeah I've heard about this guy. And I remember my, my best friend, and a guy I'm proud to call my brother, Nolan, he, he got really into it. And he actually, he actually even has an app, too. That yeah, yeah, he does. Like the app will like it'll play audio too, but if like you're a visual person, it'll tell you like this is when you like hold in your breath. This That's is right. When you or, like you exhale, like yeah. And I I tried yeah. it. I tried it. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. And not for you. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's not for me. It's very relaxing, I think, for a lot of people, but it's not necessarily for everybody. Yeah, it's not yeah. for everybody. I mean. Okay, so you also mentioned that there's uh, either a relief or an escape from Exodus ninety. What's that? Yeah. So. So there's so part of the program is is that every Sunday, okay, uh, uh, you can. I mean, it says on the app to do it as a group, but I've done it both ways of uh-huh. doing it as a group, but also doing it individually. Okay, I think individually is more is be, is better because okay. it's, it's more catered. Okay, uh, you pick one of the asceticisms to relax. Okay, so but, like let's say it's sugar. Yeah, you but, could run but, out there and have a Twinkie. Yeah, and yeah, and and this is with all the groups I've done it with, is that we do it in moderation. Like, mm. like let's say you want to relax. You don't alcohol. have nine Twinkies. You don't have nine Twinkies. No, 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 no. Or like, you want to drink alcohol. You don't go out that night and go get hammered at a bar or whatever, Got it. and then someone has to drag you home. No, 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 no. Um, but whatever you decide to relax, uh, you do it in moderation. And that's and that's how we said for my group. I'm sure a lot of groups have probably thought about this. Um, but also, it's also recommended in the app too. But you don't have to do this. It's recommended to not relax any of the like TV mm. or like video game or, like asceticism, anything visual asceticism. Okay. So, and I think I think of all the Sundays I've relaxed things. I think I've only relaxed that once, but it was only to watch a movie. That, okay. That someone mentioned. Uh, so really, the last movie I watched since Exodus was. <laughs> It's this movie called The Last Holiday. Oh. It's with Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. <laughs> the movie, I mean, it's it's one of those cheesy, like, like romance comedy type okay. movies. Probably totally relaxing. Yeah. It, it's a piece of cotton candy is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was going to be like a very cheesy. It's not that bad. It's not okay. that for a Queen, well, La- it's the only for a Queen movie. Latifah movie. It's not that bad. Okay, like, it's got a good message and everything. Okay, I'll take your word for yeah, it. It's called Last Holiday. Okay, so we got these three parts. We got the asceticism, which is the restrictions. We talked yeah. about that, and then the next one is the prayer, and then what was the third one? Fraternity. Fraternity. Okay, so do you want to talk about those two just a little bit more about the prayer, and then also the fraternity? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so the. F- First pillar I'll talk about is fraternity. So, yeah, like I said, you don't do it by yourself. You do it with a group of brothers. If yeah. You're a guy. If you're a woman, sorry, Exodus isn't for you. Well, um, I mean, but they have the Fiat 90 or, or other, whatever There's it's other programs out there. I'm pretty sure there was one out there called Fiat 90. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you do it with a group of brothers, and so you do it collectively as a group, but you also have a, you have what's called an anchor or like an accountability partner to check in with every day. So, you know, we'll have... You know, we'll have weekly meetings where we check in with each other as a group, but every day, like, and, you know, my, my anchor and I, we do it, like, before we go to bed. It's like we check in with each other, like, how's your day? You know, you know how are you doing with this overall? Like, are you struggling with a certain thing? Um, 
you know, is one asceticism like getting to you? Mm. Uh, you know, like just, I've had nothing but sugar cravings all day. Yeah, yeah. So you so you talk through it, and you know if you got to make a plan for it, or if you need to be more accountable on that, then you talk it over with your anchor. Okay, okay. And, and so as the weeks go by, uh, every week you're given a set of action items, and at those Exodus meetings, you talk about. Uh, like a particular action. So like, for example, this week, uh, one of them was like, consider going confession, sticking to the asceticisms, celebrate Valentine's Day well, um, stuff like that. And so because of how big our group is and because the sake of timing-wise and everyone's schedule is different, I lead one of the halves of, oh, okay. of, uh, <clears throat> of the Exodus meeting. So I've been picking... Uh, I've been trying to pick... Uh, certain ones that can attain everybody because believe it or not there's there's two guys in our pro no just one guy never mind there's one guy in our group he's not even catholic but he okay. wanted to do this oh, cool. he's a part of our he's a part of our community uh who really wanted to do this and so i kind of keep that in mind so like confession one probably won't be that great because like he can't go to confession um but i'll probably pick another one to talk about but yeah we talk about that and we reflect on it as a group and we talk about it as a group uh, in those Exodus meetings. Um, so aside from that, uh, throughout the whole 90 days, uh, you try to do, you try to do stuff together as a fraternity. So like two weekends ago, we went to do an early morning holy hour together. Mm. Uh, I think we got there at like six in the morning on a Saturday. Not exactly ideal. You guys are all about the Spartan lifestyle. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We're a nutty bunch. Um, so yeah, we went to early morning uh, holy hour, and then we got to, we went to breakfast afterward, and so we talked about oh what did we experience while we were in adoration, and we we're talking about you know we're talking about life, we're talking about bro stuff, uh, and so we went to the big biscuit, and of course <laughs> being the Spartans as you say that we are, uh-huh. there's something there at the big biscuit. It's called the three car pileup. Okay, and <laughs> so this dish. Uh, so the base is a pancake, okay. and then there's two eggs that are scrambled with okay. bacon, sausage, and breakfast potatoes. Okay. And then on top of that, as if that wasn't enough, there's three big biscuits, because they're the big biscuit, okay. and it's smothered in gravy. Okay. That whole dish by itself is 3,203 calories. Oh, my god! I finished the whole thing. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> Me and two other guys ordered it, so instead of a three-car pile-up, it's a nine-car... It's a nine car pileup, oh and gosh. we and each of us finished it. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, how but we no did. syrup, right? Because that's sugar. Yeah, that's sugar. So no syrup for us. Uh, and our waitress was just like, "I've worked here three years. I've never even seen one person finish it." I mean, that's three thousand three. Let alone calories. three grown adult men finish that. Yeah, Holy I ate that. Cow. I didn't eat anything else the rest of the day. I wouldn't eat anything for the rest of my life. I ate that. I like. I went home. I took a nap. I went to Planet Fitness to go work out. Okay. I don't know what I did calorie wise of burning, but clearly it was not enough to chisel into the 3000 <laughs> I had that morning. Um, what, why so many? Why? Because you didn't eat anything the day before or something? No, it's because of just all that's there. Like it's a pancake. There's eggs with okay. bacon, sausage, potatoes. And then, yeah, but the, what made you finish it? Just the drive that, well, I saw one guy finish it, a big, big dude in our big burly Okay. Yoked guy in our So the group. competition. The competition aspect, yes. Well, and just like the the sake of like 
the drive to like finish something that you okay. started. And okay. then <laughs> and then the skinniest roommate in the house finished it. He, oh. I don't know how he did it. He must have a hollow leg or something. Okay. And then there's me who's like in the middle and I'm like, I got to finish this. Like I've started this pet journey. I got to see it to its end. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like Frodo in Lord of the Rings. He's, he's like like Sam is climbing him up this mountain and is trying to get Frodo is saving the world. I'm yeah. going to finish the three car pile. If Frodo, if Frodo can Get that ring back into Mount Doom. I can conquer this three-car pileup at the Big Biscuit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so throughout the next however many days we have left, we'll probably try to do other things as a fraternity. Like okay. We'll, maybe we'll go like on a group hike. You know, that's that's stuff that I've done in the past with my past exes. Okay. Groups. We'll go okay. on hikes or we'll take like a day trip somewhere. Just hang out as a fraternity. Okay. Yeah. Have we covered uh, everything that we should cover in terms of, I, I know we did the asceticism rather thoroughly. Did we uh, cover both the fraternity and the prayer aspect? We covered your... fraternity, prayer. Yeah. To your... covered, Let's think... cover it to your satisfaction if we haven't Okay. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the prayer aspect of it is, like I said before, you're, re- you're taking a break from all earthly comforts uh, to focus on your prayer, you focus on your relationship with God, um, and you do that by you pray. A, you pray a holy hour, and if you can get in front of the Eucharist to do your holy hour, that'd be ideal. Okay, but not everybody can do that. So yeah, because so you might e- have to travel. So to even a praying. Church. So even praying in your office, praying in your room or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, that whole you know we already touched on this, but that whole sitting down in contemplative prayer is powerful in yeah. itself. Yes. And prayer in itself is just very powerful and that, you know, when you pray for something, you know, in God's timing, what you pray for will come to fruition. Like, like in SPO, we have a, we have a retreat coming up and we've been praying a lot lately for the numbers. We were struggling with the numbers a little bit at what, first. What do you mean by the numbers? Uh, so for certain like retreat places, you have to have like, uh, you have to have a certain number by X amount of day if you want to guarantee yourself more spots. But if you don't reach it, then so for example, for Num- number of what people to come to the retreat. Oh, yeah. So okay. just as an example, like let's say you're going to some nice retreat place, and they say, okay, you need to have guaranteed. You need to have like sixty people. Sixty. Guaranteed. Okay. And this is just an example. Sixty people. If you don't make it to sixty people by let's say the Friday the week before that retreat then, and you're at like, let's say 40 people, then you're cut off at 60. And now you can only invite up to 60. So that's, that's one that, that was one thing we were definitely praying for a lot. And we reached, we reached our number. And so now we're going to continually keep inviting people and get that number up. Because another thing too, is that when we were announcing it, we were announcing of what numbers we did, uh, if we get past this amount of things, then this person will do that. So, like for example, if we get past sixty people, then my roommate Dave will shave his face. And he's got <laughs> he's got a very full, nice beard. And and I remember the first time that happened, I was not emotionally ready to see his him clean shaven. And it was okay. A lot. Um, you know, we have another one that's like one of the women in the women's house said she'll get a pixie cut if like seventy people show up. Oh, and cool. So there's all these like little incentives, right? Okay. Um, and so yeah, we're still praying for numbers praying for more people, but again, we're, we're all so entering with the disposition of we'll be happy with whatever number God yeah. just gives us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, cause in the end, it's not really, it doesn't like the, the numbers are important. It's what you're doing with those numbers. Right. That's important. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, you could always just pray that the right number of people show up. Of course. That everybody who's supposed to be there is there, and everybody who's not supposed to be there uh, doesn't show up. Yeah. Those type of things. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, one thing I guess I always kind of wonder when people go on various things that could be classified as self-improvement, or mm-hmm. they could be classified as, hey, I'm doing this for God, or they could be classified as both. So, you know, you got like the Exodus 90 here. Yeah. If all of these things are very, very good habits, you know, like, oh, hey, I gave up sugar, I gave up alcohol, I gave up like junk TV, et cetera. Why don't we have Exodus infinity instead of Exodus 90? Like on day 91, it seems to me like, well, people say, hey, it's over. Uh, let's go get like a lot of ice cream. Let's yeah. eat some Twinkies or let's go out for like, two or three glasses of wine, or, oh, I get to watch sports again. Like, if something is so good, why do we give it up? The difference between, say, doing Exodus 90 and, like you said, making something called, like, Exodus Infinity, Mm -hmm. what you're proposing is a sort of way of life. Yes. And yeah, yeah, versus what Exodus 90 is, is a sort of challenge. Okay. It's a 90-day challenge. Okay. So if anything, make, like proposing a sort of like change in lifestyle where you're giving up all these things, like Exodus says, uh-huh. it can be a lot for people. It can be a lot, but by giving it a number, by giving it an end date, uh, you're you're telling people that like, hey, we're not asking you to give these up forever, but to instead give these up for X amount of time for something that's of a greater purpose. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yes. That that does, because, I don't know, people will say things like, well, you can do anything for an hour, yeah, you know, or whatever the time period might be. You could do anything as long as it comes with a a limit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, let me ask this then, related question. Are there any things that you've given up for Exodus 90 or things that you started where you think, well, that needs to continue, you know, that needs to be Exodus 91 plus? You know, yeah. for example, somebody gives up, I don't know, silly videos. Yeah. So, I mean, why not keep it going? Yeah, it's yeah, and that's sort of what they bring up in the program is that like what will what will your like keep reflecting on this I'm like what will your attitude be on certain things by mm. day 91? Okay. On Do you have anything like that where you're just kind of like, mm, I think I'm done with that now." Um, Cuz I'll, I'll just give you a random example for me. Uh, When I was in my 20s, I used Lent to get rid of things that I thought were bad habits in my life. I did this about three Lents in a row. Like uh, one Lent, I gave up fast food. And uh, fast food for me at the time, I was not making very much money. Uh, The fast food was actually expensive relative to how much money I was making per year. Uh, It was also giving me zits, and it was making me overweight. So I thought, hey, this is bad for my health. It's bad for my face. It's bad for my pocketbook. So I gave up fast food for Lent, and then I just kind of kept going once Lent was over. Another one was uh, candy out of vending machines. I used to be very bad and could probably buy like five or six candy bars a day. And, uh, you know, it was just too much. It was too much. And, uh, you know, hey, it was not good for my body. Uh, It was a waste of money. Uh, It was a waste of time. And so when I gave it up, I just didn't go back to it. So those those are two. And 
Yeah. I might have a slightly addictive personality. The third one for me was video games. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, I was not addicted to any video game except for this one called Civilization. Okay. And uh, since then, they've made like Civilization 2, 3, 4, 5. And there's, there's like so many different versions. But the very first version would take me 24 hours to play. And one night, I said, okay, I'm just going to play this for half an hour. And I started it at like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, long story short, I quit playing at 4.30 in the morning. And I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning. And I had to go to work. And uh, oh, oh, my gosh. I was, it was like I was bleeding out of my eyeballs. You know, Not this bad. was like in my mid-20s. And I thought, uh, you know, I'm supposedly an adult. And yeah. here I just did this to myself. And this is entirely my fault. So I gave up Civilization for Lent. That was another one that I just didn't go back to. And I'm not saying any of these things are bad. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. fast food, junk food, video games. But for me, I, I, I just was over the deep end. Yeah, none of these are inherently bad. It's just that when, we, when it starts becoming an idol, yes. when it starts becoming... An like, addiction. Exactly. Then that's when you need to reevaluate of like like cutting it down so much that it's more manageable or if it's just I wouldn't call turkey maybe there was probably a way I could have made it manageable yeah I mean because you got a good point um yeah so to answer your question about uh what you said before yeah um, did you give up anything like didn't just decide hey this um, is just dead weight I don't need it not much time on social media okay um and I know guys that have gone so far as, yeah, after I did it maybe the second time, I just got rid of social media outright. Whoa, yeah, okay. That's, and I've almost been thinking about that too of, yeah, because there, there are good things about social media. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, you, get, you, know, you stay connected with like maybe family that you don't talk to as yeah, much. absolutely. Or you get to see like where your friends are at in life and everything. But to another certain light too, uh, it can be very addicting. Oh, for sure. Especially, you know, we talked about before, like you're you're investing in other people's lives as opposed to investing in yourself. Mm. Um, and if anything, we 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 forget that what social media is. It's essentially you're presenting yourself in the best light possible. Like you're only showing the good parts of your life. Like yeah, you're only showing like. Oh, look at this cool dish I made because I've been practicing cooking. Or, which, which or check it out, guys. I got a new dog or a new promotion at work, you know? Which if people understand that, okay, so, uh, you know, Chad is on social media and that's what he does. He, like, only shows, like, a certain aspect of his life. Yeah. Uh, my favorite psychologist is Carl Jung, and he's got this idea called the persona. And yeah. the persona basically is the front that people show the world, and there's nothing wrong with having a persona. It's still part of you, yeah. but it's a limited part of you. Yes. A simple example yes. would be is like, uh, let's say somebody's a doctor. Well, okay, when they go to work, then they show that side. They show, hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a professional, I care about the patients, I'm scientific, I do my research, uh, you know, I, I work very, very hard, I do it with the patient in mind. And so everything else about this person's existence just gets checked at the door, essentially. And so that's kind of the aspect of the persona. So maybe that's what, you know, somebody's doing on social media, if all they're doing is showing, hey, like I play these sports, and so I'm just going to show images of myself playing sports, you know. It doesn't mean that it's fake or it's false. It yeah. just means that it's very, very curated. 
curated as to what you're presenting yourself with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And how you're presenting yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, and people pointed out, well, it could be false. I mean, it's possible that yeah. it's false, that people are putting up a front or something like that. Yeah. You know, they kind of paint so. themselves as a character. Like they, yeah. put, they put a mask on of what they like want the world to see them as. Well, and that's what a persona is. People mm-hmm. have said, oh, that's a facade. You know, yeah. but the thing is, okay, a building has a front and it gets called the facade. The thing is, the facade is still part of the building. Yeah. I think the problem, Young said, with the persona is that some people confuse themselves and they think, well, the facade is the only part of the building. So that would be the person who identifies only with that one thing or that one image they're putting forward. You know, uh, the doctor in my hypothetical example, well, let's say he's also interested in about three sports, and he never talks about those. And he has, like, a weird family background. He never talks about that. Uh, You know, he's got, like, I don't know. He was, like, used to be a chain smoker, but he's kind of ashamed of it, doesn't want to talk about that. I mean, that's all fine. That's all a part of him. He's not showing those things. The problem with some people is that they truly think they are only their persona. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so anyway, social media. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's like, can I, can I, Mitch, go ahead, you first. So that was one thing, uh, definitely. But uh, this time around, definitely what I'll take away is uh, exercising more. Okay. Uh, I think in the past few times I've done Exodus, I haven't taken the exercise portion as seriously. Okay. Uh, But this time around, I've definitely been taking it seriously. Do people get on your back if you mess up? In Exodus 90, like, let's say I cave in and I don't know, I watch sports or I eat sugar or I don't do my exercise or no, do people, okay, what do they do? So, so the, so the idea is, is that if you do come short, it's that like, yeah, you, you come up short. It's, you know, we're all, we're only human beings, you know, we're, we're inevitable, inevitable to fall. And I'm not afraid to admit it. I've fallen on certain uh, asceticisms like snacking is a pretty big one. I um, would fall apart like on the first day. Yeah, I'm serious. Um, like I think I've got reasonable self discipline, but there are so many things to Exodus yeah, ninety. Yeah, um, and when you do, and well, one, you should be upfront with you know about it. And here's the thing, though, you shouldn't be afraid because guess what? The next person who probably who gives their field report, as as it's said in the meeting, guy. Okay. Um, hey, he might come up short on asceticism too, and. We don't tear each other down because of it. It's mm. that, okay, you messed up. Big sad. That's, that sucks. So what you then do is is that you discuss it, and now you, have to, now you know the signs, and you talk about, well, what signs, what things happened that led you to, you know. It's, what it's, caused you to fall. Exactly. It's the same thing with sin. It's, okay, what caused you to yeah. sin. And so now you, now you sort of put something in place of, okay, I got to. Like, let's, you know, I'll use myself as an example. Like, snacking was a big problem. Okay. I'd find myself, like, on my lunch break, I'd eat my set lunch that I made for myself. But, oh, I'm a little hungry. So now I'm now I'm tempted to drive over to a quick trip or, or something and get, like, a steak and cheese taquito. You know, okay. Just to satiate me a little bit. Uh, and now, now my rule is I don't eat in the car during lunch, you know, at uh, work. Okay. So I'll either, I'll either eat in the office and like eat and talk with one of my coworkers or I'll, you know, just find a quiet place on the property I work at and, 
you know, maybe read a book, like maybe go sit at the, at the bench at the dog park and read okay. a book or something, you know? So you either make it more pleasant somehow, or maybe you add an extra rule to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, and the other thing with that too, is that, uh, I changed my route of what exit I would leave work in. So that way I don't feel tempted and I don't drive by that quick trip. Okay. Good point. Tempted. Good yeah. point. Can I, can I give you just a little something from the book Atomic Habits? Atomic Habits. Sure. Have you heard of this book? No. Okay, it's 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 actually sells a tremendous number of copies. It's by a man named James Clear, who spent ten years studying habits, and uh, it's a delightful read. He's a great storyteller. In Atomic Habits, he basically outlines these three things. One of which is change your identity. So, for example, people who adopt like a new religion, like let's say you weren't Catholic and you decide, well, now I am Catholic, then that's going to dictate a bunch of your behavior. You're kind of doing that with Exodus 90. You're basically saying, I'm an Exodus 90 guy, and these are the things that we do. And so then you start doing all of those things, and, um, you know, it makes it easier. And then a second one is change your environment, which you're also doing, because you're in a community of guys who are also doing these things. And so, you know, we we go places together, we do things together. uh, So that's kind of like changing your environment, you know. And then the third one is, is this cue craving response reward idea. Like people have a cue, like I see the chocolate. Then they have a craving. I want to eat the chocolate. Then they have a response. I do eat the chocolate. chocolate. Then they have a reward. They feel good. But on the other hand, the reward could also be negative. Oh, now I feel bad because I ate too much chocolate. And so then that sets up a new cue, craving, response, reward. Like, cue, I ate too much chocolate. Craving, I wish I could give chocolate up. Response, I start like looking into how could I give up chocolate. Reward, maybe I do give up chocolate for a little while. So, I mean, if you could figure out a place to interrupt it, like, where's the problem? Is it the cue? Like, oh, I see chocolate. So therefore, I have a craving. So if I could be in some sort of a situation where I don't even see it, then you sort of interrupted it at the queue. So anyway, I just thought I would toss that out there for people that if they want to read Atomic Habits, it's very, very delightful. And I think it's very helpful for people who either want to start a habit or maybe want to stop a habit. Yeah. Although, as good as it is, I still don't think I could do Exodus 90. I think it's too difficult. I don't know. I think you're, I think you're undercutting yourself, Tim. Well, gosh, you've done it three times now? Yeah, this is my third time around doing it. Does it get easier? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'd say just a little bit, a little bit at a time. Yeah. The, the, with the many times that I've done it, like, it, I knew it really set in when I had to take that first cold shower. Oh, and my as soon gosh. as that cold water hit my head, I'd be like, ah. Oh. This is, uh, this is where it really starts, you know? Hey, listen, I've been doing cold showers, and uh, they are brutal. Like, I have the hot shower, and then at a certain point, I go over to just nothing but cold water. And when I started doing this, I lasted one second. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened for roughly about a week. Yeah. And then I think, like, the next week, I got it up to two or three seconds. And, you know, now I can go for 100 seconds. I mean, nice. you do acclimate. And you the, do, yes. And then and the I'm, health benefit is is that it reduces inflammation, and a lot of people think inflammation is the root cause of every disease. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's it's got a big health benefit. Yeah, and I've noticed that every time I take a cold shower now, like you know, it's day thirty something, and like it doesn't bother me as much. Like the the like initial shock is always the same. Of, and that's actually a good strategy to let the water hit your head first. Yes. Because 
the shock will go to your head and then slowly it'll spread to the rest of your body before the water, the rest of the water even hits the rest of your body when you're in the shower. That's um, what I do. And I think I did that instinctively. Okay. Yeah. Tell me if this is true for you. The, uh, the worst part of your body, like the coldest part of my, of my body is the back of my neck. Not back of the neck, but, uh, like, like once it like hits my like chest or, okay. or like hits like my legs. Seriously? Then, then I'm really feeling like, oh, I'm like, okay, that's not doing it for but me. Then, but then I got to like, I'm like, once it hits my head, I'm like, I just got to get into it. <laughs> and then, ah, and then just let the rest of the water hit me. You know? I would say, uh, top of the shoulders, uh, the part facing the sky, I would say back of the neck. I would say, yeah, just that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just like a shock to the system. Yeah. Like, uh, like if I'm not careful, I will grip my teeth so hard that I'm afraid that I will just probably crack, crack a tooth. Just, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty doggone rough. It is rough, but uh, it's something that I would uh, – excess is definitely something I'd recommend to all men to at least try once. Yeah. Like, if you know you can't foresee yourself doing this all the time, do it once. Okay. And do it with, like, guys that you trust – and who want to like achieve the same thing as you do, like wanting to better your life, you want to better yourself, you want to better your relationship with God. Okay. Um, well, I, I've got two related questions, and then I think we're done with Exodus ninety. Okay. Uh, and and this would be my first one. Do you think it would be a lot harder if you didn't have that community there to back you up? Because let's say I did this with I don't know family members and. You know, they're just eating chocolate like right in front of me, and like they're they're doing everything. Yeah, and it's Friday night, and somebody's having a beer. You know, like I, I just and think you that want a cold one so bad that yeah. would sink my boat. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is absolutely necessary to do it with the community, do it with the group of people, because uh, well, first off, who's going to keep you accountable? Nobody. Like, you can only like no, they're going to tell me to indulge with them. Keeping yourself in accountable will only get you so far. Um, yeah, with doing it with a group of guys and with doing it, especially on the part where you have an anchor, you have an accountability partner on top of doing it with a group of guys, you're, you're not only keeping yourself accountable, but you're keeping others you're doing it with accountable mm. because accountability goes both ways. Yes. Like, like, you know, I have an accountability partner, but it's like if I'm only asking him to keep me accountable and he doesn't ask me to keep him accountable with some like one of us is bound to fail more times than the other. And like, if I don't keep stay accountable with him, then he's not going to succeed as much. Okay. I think this is my last question on this topic, but people use this word accountability. And sometimes I think I don't quite know what it means. So accountability, best way I can describe it. It's, it's not forcing someone to look after you all the time. It's your, you're seeking out someone to look after you so that you for the betterment of yourself. Okay, so and the betterment of the other person as well. Are we saying that, hey, we're talking about it? Like in the evening, they say, Hey, how did you do? And then you say, Hey, I did pretty good. I didn't eat any sugar. I didn't drink any alcohol. I didn't watch any videos. So is it basically just a conversation? Yes. It's a conversation. Okay, it's, it's a relationship. It's not somebody it's not somebody like yelling at you like, Hey, you screwed up. No, it's no, no, no. No, no. You should never enter an accountability like relationship like that, you should not because like positive reinforcement should be a part of it in a way. Okay. Of how I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Yeah. So it's a lot of 
just helping each other out. Okay. You help, they're helping you, okay. and you help them in return. Okay. So I even had an accountability partner even before this. It's just, you know, we happen to be the same partners for Exodus. And he was helping me out through a lot of my, you know, stuff I was struggling with that I don't get too deep into. But yeah, he was helping me a lot, and he was struggling with certain things too. And, you know, and I'd lived with this guy maybe a month, and something in my heart told me, like, this is a guy who I should ask to be my accountability partner because, mm. like, well, first off, he doesn't know me as well, so I can he can I get a fresh perspective okay. from someone who doesn't know me as well, and the kind of guy that he is, he's a I'll know like I was seeking sort of like tough love kind of accountability, okay, like telling me things that maybe I don't want to hear, but that I need to hear. Gotcha. That I need to hear. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair enough. I feel like I understand it. It's not somebody who's going to come in with handcuffs or some sort of a punishment or something like that. It's really just a conversation and it's feedback. And I'm amazed at just how effectively that works. And I'll just give you an example. So I signed up for a jujitsu class and I'm amazed that I'm able to do it at my age, you know, that, that, Physically, I can make myself do these things because, you know, it's a lot of like punching and kicking and striking and grappling and wrestling and things like that, Uh, you know, and people picking you up and throwing you to the mat. And I'm over 50. So the fact that I can actually do this, I'm very grateful that I can make my body do this. Now, on the flip side, there are people that are older than me, and I've always kind of viewed that as an encouragement. You know, when I was running marathons and there were guys out there who were 70, who are running the marathon, I always thought as long as there's somebody out here who's older than me, then I can probably do this thing and I don't have to tell myself I'm too old or something like that. Well, here's where I was going with this on the feedback thing. My instructor is maybe one of the best teachers I've ever met in my life. And he just gives constant feedback. And it's all very positive. He's got a very positive attitude. But he will just frequently do things like correct your stance, make sure your feet are pointed in the right way. If you're supposed to be balanced on one foot in a particular way, then he makes sure that your foot is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, He makes sure that your timing is appropriate. Like, uh, they can get very detailed. You know, they can go into, oh, hey, if this is like a, I don't know, a 10-part move, uh, they will break it down into all different 10 parts, and they will go through every little part. And um, it's not nitpicky, which is another amazing thing, because I just described it in such a way that you could think, oh, they're just going to be nitpicky, and they're just going to tear you down, and it's going to be so detail-minded that you're never going to want to come back. Um, What I've learned from this is, like in a given hour, I might make something like 300 mistakes or more, and uh, but, but the thing is, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. I'm getting constant feedback. I'm allowed to improve. If I were going to compare it to anything, I think it would be comparable to taking a dance class where people would go through and they would just say, hey, listen, you know, your feet, we got to do something about your feet. And, uh, you know, when you spin the girl, um, you know, you got to start a little bit earlier. Just like every little thing you can think of. um, And again, I'm making it sound nitpicky, but it's not. But you're getting that feedback. And, you know, it's fine that you you made somewhere between 50 and 500 mistakes over the course of an hour, because maybe next class you'll make between 45 and 450 mistakes. And after 50 classes, maybe you'll be making like 10 mistakes. Yeah. So, so I don't know that to me is, is that an adequate description of accountability? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You're, if anything, you're continually 
building each other. Like he, like your person's building you and you're building them as well. Okay. Building them up to be better. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Let's shift into SPO. Sweet. So, okay. Um, tell me what SPO is and how you got involved with it and where would you like to go with it? Sweet. Yeah. So SPO, also known as St. Paul's Outreach, it's a, <clears throat> it's a ministry program, uh, there's for colleges, there's college chapters all over the country, but there's also young adult chapters too, and they work with young adults. So I'm a part of the college chapter for St. Paul's Outreach of Kansas City Colleges. So uh, yeah, so there's chapters all over the country. There's one in Kansas City, and they're, they're as far out as Arizona, Florida, the Northeast, uh, even like Ohio too. So they're, okay, cool. we, we got chapters, several chapters everywhere. Um, so in the chapter that I'm in, uh, we're the college, we're the Catholic college ministry for uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City, UMKC, and Johnson County Community College, JCCC. Um, but we also, but you know, there's also other neighboring schools, and you know, students from other schools come by to hang out with us too, like Rock, <coughs> like Rockhurst, and even Park University too. Um, and what it is, it's a, it's a community that's. That's main. That's main purpose is community. Of course, building okay. community with Christ at its center. So, if anything, it's a it's an awesome group of people to get involved with, uh, whether you're Catholic or not. Uh, it's an amazing group of like the most authentic people that you can hang out with. Okay, and, and we always got something going on to whatever degree you want to get involved with. Like, you know, Thursdays are usually our busiest week. So, like on Thursdays, it's either we have. Our Catholic campus nights, but we call them summit nights. Or other Thursday, we have men's nights, men's and women's nights. And you know, it, you know, at any time, you know, we got other things going on too. Like, hey, you want to grab coffee with us? Like, we'll send it out in the various group meetings that we have. Or uh, we, as as a group of men, we get together and we play ultimate frisbee. Ultimate frisbee is pretty big in SPO. Uh, and we'll just, yeah, we'll play a couple games and we'll just hang out. And then we'll come to the house and we'll hang out and we'll make lunch, you know? Okay. It's just, yeah, a lot of it is just community aspect and getting everybody involved in the community uh, in whatever way, shape, and however much involvement people want to be okay. involved in it. So then once we have a community, then, of course, organic friendships form. Yes. And, yes. hey, now we're friends and maybe we're going to be lifelong friends. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a lot what it is. It's, okay. It's investing in the relationship of individuals, but also the, the the community as a whole. How did you hear of it? So I had known of it. My dad had mentioned it to me because my dad he works for the church, and so okay. you know, he's supposed to know like you know stuff like that. Uh, uh, so he gets to know everybody. My dad's the general counsel for the archdiocese, so he okay. So he do they help everybody. college students? Uh, so. Who does? SPO? SPO. Yeah, so because we're a college ministry, we cater to college students. But we also have a young adult uh, ministry, too. Uh, and we kind of, we'll cross paths sometime. Mostly, like, we'll all go to Mass together, and we'll see each other at, uh, so usually the Mass that we go to, we'll usually go to 1030 Mass over at Holy Name of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we'll see each other. And we always invite people, like, you can come to Mass with us, and then... You know, you can come over to either of our houses, and we'll make brunch or okay. You know, 
Now, let's say I'm not Catholic and not even particularly religious. Like, maybe I'm open to these things, but maybe I was not raised in a family that did anything religious. Uh, What would be my entry point for something like SBO? Your entry point would be, let's say you're a student at UMKC. Your entry point is simply meeting us at table when we have a table set up. Uh, Okay. Typically the missionaries too. Like I, I'll go and help out the table when I can and like be like, Hey, like how you doing? We'll usually have some kind of activity set up at our table, like, uh, to promote our, 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 uh, our fan to flame retreat. We did a wordle and the wordle was flame. And so, and then from there we explained, Oh, flame. Oh, it's because we have our retreat coming up and, you know, we're SPO, we're, you know, we're this, we're that. And, you know, we tell them, oh, we always got this stuff going on. If you're interested and you want to come, like, you know, food is always an incentive. So we always okay. try to have food when we can. Food's uh, a big incentive. Food, free food for a college student is a big incentive. And everybody's really friendly. Absolutely, yes. And the community is awesome. Uh, and I take it there's some sports and things like that. Yes, there's always there's always something going on. Like, you know, for men, it's ultimate frisbee for women i think they go to like the river market and they hang out and okay you know what they're shopping and hanging and they're out. shopping they're hanging out they're doing what you know i don't know what the women do now uh, okay that's fair yeah. uh now some of these they also do like i guess service activities of some kind you know for people who like to volunteer yeah um in the past uh we've had people would be a part of uh so umkc usually puts on like a service project day kind of thing but I've never seemed to be able to make it to any of it with work, but you know, uh, any UMKC, there's usually a person, you know, my buddy Ted, who's at UMKC, he'll usually be like, Hey, if you're interested in a service opportunity, you want to help out, like you don't even have to be a student to come help, you know, let me know and I'll put you in the sign up thing. Uh, yeah. So there's opportunities for service, not only for like, uh, other communities, but also service within each other. Like, you know, for example, you know, if, if someone has something going on, like they're they're in a band, or if they're, you know, they're, you know, int- they have interests in these things, then if you put something in like either of the chats of like, oh, this event's going on, and someone interested in, like, mm. you know, okay, so people maybe they join like a group me or like some sort of like a text chat type of yes. a thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that's how that's how people can stay informed on like events, events, and what's going on, and. Uh, give, give me a random sample of like the last five or ten events. So, it, so it's usually summit nights or men's nights, and then, uh, well, one thing we do after summit nights is we go to uh, we go to Taco Bell Cantina and we okay. go hang out, get Taco Bell. Me personally, I don't like Taco Bell because <laughs> I prefer to sleep peacefully at night. Uh, but, but yeah, the big thing about it is like we go there and we hang out and. Just community time, maybe even talk about what we was talked about at Summit Night, because at Summits we usually have like a topic for the night. Like our last one was on digital minimalism. So, okay, yeah. yeah so, yeah, you yeah. know, we can carry on the conversation or we can even just talk about, you know, just whatever. Random you know, things. Just random things, our interests, and talk about things that are coming up and everything. Uh, but yeah, there's always something going on. Okay. In, maybe uh, if somebody's going to the game or if somebody's going to go to a play or, or even, or even for example, today, uh, the parade. Okay. Uh, and yeah. There's a big parade in Kansas a, city big, on the day that we're recording this because the chiefs won the super bowl. Chiefs won the Super Bowl, baby. Yep. Go chiefs. Um, but yeah, so someone in our community was willing to be like, all right, we're me and this other guy, we're going to put a group together. If you're interested in coming, let us know. 
uh, and we'll get groups together to make it to the city and get the best spot that we can see the parade, you know? Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so that's one example, and... Okay, let me ask just a few more questions on this then. Is there an age limit on SBO? Um, like, I don't know, if you're 80, maybe you're too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the college chapter, at least, so, I mean, the youngest guy that lives with us, like, he's the high school graduate in his first year at, at JUCO. Okay. Um, and he's, like, 18, 19 years old. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, there's the missionaries. Missionaries are in their upper 20s. Uh, but in terms of, like, being a part of the community, I, I don't have a definite number. It's just okay. basically if you're still in school or at, like, a reasonable college age, like, you can still, like, show up to Okay, it's, it's primarily, um, like, a college and early 20s type of thing. Yeah. But but our, I think this would also imply that it would create some spinoff groups, so to speak, because let's yeah. say we're all 24 and then we're starting to age out of it. But on the other hand, uh, we probably became friends with a whole bunch of other people our age. And so then maybe that starts to create or starts to create some sort of a splinter group. Yeah, there's always there's always other things going on. Like we have a young adult chapter of SPO, like I said. So if you kind of age out of the college age, but you still you still love SPO and Uh what it stands for. We have a young adult mission. But there's also another young adult uh, Catholic group in Kansas City, uh, City on a Hill. Okay, uh, that you can be a part of too. Uh, yeah, a lot of their stuff is they got they have big uh, they have big community event stuff, but they also have like little you know they got Catholic Challenge Sports. Like you can you can be a part of that and be a part of a team. You can come to like a wine and cheese night. You can come to this, that, and the other thing. But I yeah, I haven't been able to go to a lot of City on a Hill stuff due to commitments with SPO, but. The handful of stuff that I have been a part of, uh, that community is also great. And as I get older, I'd probably love to get part of them a little bit more. As I, I, I've actually interviewed on this podcast, uh, Carrie Kapka Perot, who is kind of like the founder of oh, yeah, Sedana yeah, yeah, Hill. Yeah, yeah. And I've also interviewed her successor, who is uh, Catherine Cheney right now. Cheney, yeah, yeah. Cheney. Not quite sure which way. Uh, it used to be Catherine Supernaut. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've interviewed them both. And oh, nice. uh, they just have a million great things to say about sitting on a hill. And I certainly hope that wherever a person lives, they have a community like this. Because um, it turned into this wonderful thing where there was something like 700 people on the mailing list. And then eventually that expanded to like 3,000. And they just constantly had different activities for people to do. They had sports. They had service. They had social they just had everything you could think of. I mean, people were getting together, uh, you know, for just a wide variety of things. And it just does create community. And then for people in their 20s and 30s, it created marriages, which later yeah. created children. So it was pretty outstanding. Yeah. I think it was life-changing for a ton of people. So hopefully, I don't know, we were talking a little bit about digital minimalism. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully people kind of want to maybe get offline a little bit and encounter people in the real world. And yeah. so if there's something like this in your community, then, you know, that would be awesome. God bless you. Absolutely. Yeah. Commu- like I've, like I've said before this one and even last episode, like community is so important. Yeah. Community is so, so yeah. important. And if you can find a community involved in whether it be, I mean, like I said, you don't have to be a Catholic. You don't have to be Christian to realize that community is important and right. that you should find a sort of community to get involved with, like whether it be revolving around your interests or revolving around your faith or revolving around, you know, just a common ideal that y'all want to share. 
uh, yeah, just find a community to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sam, I think I've got about maybe three last questions here for you. Sweet. And I'll give you all three in a row, and then you can just start wherever you want to start. Sweet. Uh, one is, what's next for you? Okay. A second one will be, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to talk about? Okay. And then the very last one will kind of like leap us forward to you at age 100 and uh, looking back on your life and uh, what are you most proud of? What are you happiest about? Uh, so in other words, I guess that question is really, what would you like to be known for? Yeah. So those are our three questions. Okay. Is there a place in particular that you would like to start? I'll start with what's next. Okay. Um, as I stand in life right now, you know, for now I'm living in household, like I said, with SPO, um, and I'm, and I'm working right now, keep myself busy while I'm figuring out life. I'm in spiritual discernment, uh, figuring with, uh, Father Luke Doyle, figure out life and what's next for me. Oh, cool. Um, so as of right now, uh, I'm still in discernment on mission. I have this sort of on mission mindset in mind that okay. God's given me. Uh, so I really feel called to look into a mission group. So I've looked into SPO. Uh, I did interview with SPO to possibly become a missionary, but you know, I got declined, unfortunately, which it's sad. You know, that's a part of life. That's Maybe a that's of, a not yet. Maybe that's not. That, I also kind of took it as that, as a not yet kind of thing. Um, but, you know, today's... Wednesday. So soon I have an interview, uh, with Damascus. Uh, they're another mission group, uh, that was actually started by some SPO alumni. Uh, and, but they're, but they're a group that they cater to. It's a lot of, uh, like middle school, high school age groups, like, oh, in the, okay. like on all their campuses in the summers, they have like Catholic youth camps. And then, uh, on the off seasons, they have like their, their, the places just turn into retreat centers, essentially. So, I'd be de- so that ministry would be dealing with like middle school, high schoolers. Uh, so, I'll be interviewing with them soon, and um, yeah, that in terms of what's next, that's what's next for me. It's just in that okay. discernment. And if Damascus doesn't work out, then I've yeah, I've thought about net. I've thought about focus too. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, there's okay. there, there's so many mission groups out there. There are. One. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, and and just something I want to mention is is okay. That's like looking for a job, basically. Yeah. And uh, kind of the cliche for people looking for a job is uh, a job search is a string of failures that ends in a success. Yes. And people say if you're looking for work, I don't know if you're because you, you already have a job. Yeah, I have a so job. I, so I don't know like how actively you are going at this, if this is kind of like in the back burner, but they always say like if you're actively searching for a job, do it 40 hours a week. Like that is your job. Your job is getting a job. Yeah. So, and then if you rack up a bunch of no's, well, then just treat them like they're a bunch of not yet's. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah. I think you're going to land in a really great spate. Yeah. You've got a lot to offer. Yeah. It's the frustrating part is just, like not knowing what that is yet and you know still figuring out you know where am I supposed to go like why did I get rejected you know well cuz most people get rejected to be honest yeah. like it's so typical people are looking for work and they rack up like 20 rejections then on the 21st one then something happens you know it's it's and it's natural to take it personally yeah. but sometimes it's not personal yeah yeah and when i got that rejection uh you know it's it sucked. Like I was honestly surprised because I like I was so sure I was gonna get it. But you know now now that I look at it, like 
I looked at becoming a missionary with SPO as my sort of way of thank you for serving me all these years, now let me serve you back. Yeah. But I've come to realize now that by living in household, by being a member of household, I, you know, I'm, you know, as a member of household, you take on responsibilities uh, of sort of leadership roles, and I'm kind of doing that already. Um, not exactly in the way that I wanted to, but in the way I'm kind of living that out in a minor way right now. Yeah. Of like being a small group leader and leading activities at summit nights and, you know, just being a, a gracious host of the house whenever people come over. So if anything, I'm sort of giving back already. Um, that's right. Yeah. Look, you're building the skills. Okay. So that's, that's kind of what you're doing next. That's kind yeah, of what's just a coming. lot of building right now. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, last two questions. Is there anything that you wish we would have talked about that we didn't? so much and if anything if anything else does come up i kind of want to save it for if i come back again. okay yeah maybe okay uh, okay we could do that yeah so nothing i can think of right now but then in your last question uh yeah okay i'll, I'll sort of set the stage i yeah, kind of yeah. like this question a lot yeah, so yeah. like let's just project ahead uh about i think about 80 years or so you're about 101 102 years old and uh you're looking back on an absolutely wonderful life things have just worked out in a beautiful way for you. You had your challenges, you had your hardships, but you also had your glories. Uh, your beautiful wife is holding your hand. You are surrounded by children and grandchildren and some great-grandchildren. And uh, one of the young ones says to you, Grandpa, what was awesome about your life? What do you say? Awesome part about living my life is living it for the glory of God. Uh, because if there's one thing that I want to be known for, it's not for, you know, what I've accomplished, whether it be like professionally or like I give awards in this, that, and the other thing, or if I amass so much money, or if I, you know, just do like do all these crazy great things. I would rather be known for as a man who did everything with the trust in the Lord, and He put put things that are more important in life than his riches in f first. That's beautiful. That's yeah. super inspirational. I think I will just leave it at that and say, Sam, thank you so much. And I really do hope you come back on the podcast. I would love to come back sometime. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you.